Welcome to the SEDC Meet the Consultants 2023, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, I'm Ray Methvin, and I have happily hijacked the SEDC podcast for the next couple days. We're going to spend a few minutes talking to the different people that make the SEDC such a wonderful organization. Stay tuned, folks. And we're joined by Joe Hines. Joe is the Senior Principal and Director of Economic Development with Timmons Group. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Ray. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be here at this uh, wonderful SEDC Meet the Consultants event. This is, has been a wonderful event and you've been a great participant in this event. So let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself and a little sure. bit about Timmons. Sure, yeah. Um, my name is uh, Joe Hines. As you mentioned, I'm a senior principal. Um, I oversee our economic development and site selection practice at Timmons Group. Um, we're about a 900-person firm. We work in um, all 50 states. We have a technology division that does a lot of uh, geographic information systems work for a lot of state agencies, and we are involved in a lot of site analysis, site selection studies, trying to identify the sites with the highest probability of success moving forward for our clients. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yesterday, you were part, uh, you discussed with our attendees here at Meet the Consultants, uh, product development and preparing your community to win. Uh, you touched on speed to market, and I'd really like for you to share with our listeners some key takeaways for our listeners about how to enhance the quantity and the quality of your sites. Sure. No, thanks. Uh, thanks, Ray, for that question. Um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting uh, market that, that we live in today. Um, one thing I will say is that when it comes to site and infrastructure development, there's no state who is too far ahead or no state who is too far behind in this game because a lot of the... Um, the really good sites, and you heard this as a consistent theme throughout the presentations, have been consumed. A lot of the available sites are being consumed. And now you're having to go out there and either identify new sites or go out there and find sites that have a lot of um, uh, nuances or hair to developing those sites. And as I say, the smart money buy has bought up the good dirt. Your smart developers have gone up, gone out and bought the uh, best dirt available, and they've already developed either as residential or commercial. So from a local government perspective or regional perspective or state perspective, uh, any of these sites are going to have challenges associated, uh, challenges associated with it. Now within those challenges, uh, you know, when you do have a prospect come to town, we look at it two ways. We look at it pre-prospect planning and post-prospect execution. And it's no different than a basketball team practicing for uh, the tournament or for a weekend game or same thing with a football team during the week getting ready for the Saturday game or the Sunday game. And so what you're doing is scenario analysis, you're understanding your team better than anybody else, you're understanding your product better than anybody else, and then when a legitimate prospect shows up, that's kind of like kickoff or tip-off. And so at that point, you've got to be making smart decisions throughout the process, as well as making uh, decisions that are going to provide a good return on investment that you can publicly justify to your elected officials. Okay. And as I have one client tell me, uh, Joe, a bad, uh, no deal is better than a bad deal. I need to know the point where my project goes from a good deal to a bad deal because that's the threshold that I can't go beyond as a public official investing mm -hmm. public monies. Ha, huh. interesting. Yeah. So a couple other things that, um, um, talking about the problem solving aspect of, of the realities of what we have to deal with today. Uh, you know, we're engineers. I'm a professional engineer in multiple states. I um, also have a business degree, so I look at it through a slightly different lens. But there has to be an ROI component, but there's also a cost component about it. And there are three uh, parts to every deal that exists. 
One is the facility costs, and usually the company knows generally what that's going to cost the day they show up. Uh, the other deal is the land transaction costs, and to the private landowner, um, if it's not a locality-owned site, the private landowner has a one-time opportunity to make money, and that's the day they sell. A locality and the state have an opportunity to make money in perpetuity as long as there's an active project there. Um, as we say sometimes, you're looking for the right fit. Sometimes, uh, like a marriage, it, it <laughs> works out. Sometimes it doesn't after 15 or 20 years and you're moving on to uh, find the next, next best fit. But, but there's a whole series of, of layered in issues that you have to deal with. One, wars and natural disasters don't need permits, but everything else does. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand the complexity of the permitting environment you're in, the relationships that you have with the Corps of Engineers and your state DEQ and historic resource offices, uh, historically called uh, SHPO offices, state historic preservation offices. But as I say, we're engineers, we put a man on the moon, uh, we're soon to put a woman on the moon, a yep. fellow NC State alum, because I went to school at <laughs> NC State, Christina Koch, is an astronaut, and she just was announced as one of the uh, astronauts to go to the moon. And we're potentially put a uh, person on Mars, whether it's the female or male first, uh, remains to be seen. But I know my fellow NC State alum, Christina Koch, has basically said she would love to go to Mars and wow. be on one of the first Mars missions. Wow. So give us enough time and money, we can do anything in this business. The question and what we do is how much time and how much money. So when you look at these three elements of the transaction that take place, the, the one that the, has the biggest unknowns associated with it and the most difficult timelines to quantify is the site and infrastructure development cost and time to do it. When you look at the complexities of the permitting nuances, when you look at what the client needs to build, whether they're gonna build a million square footer, uh, which can go on probably a hundred and some odd acre site, or they're gonna do a big OEM facility, which would be 20 million square feet, very similar to what Rivian's doing outside of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, you have, you have different uh, geometric, two-dimensional, three-dimensional aspects that you have to deal with from an engineering perspective, in addition to the nuances of how do you permit a project, how many wetlands you're going to impact, how many streams you're going to take out, can you do permit to responsible mitigation, can you put those, um, you know, can you put those in an existing bank that you have, or do you need to go out and create your bank? So those are a lot of the nuances that take place. I was uh, talking with the uh, JLL rep who uh, led Project Scout and came to South Carolina, and he made the comment that South Carolina had been eliminated. But what they did was they went out and put, the game, uh, put together a team of problem solvers, and basically they convinced the company that they could solve all their problems and they could do it within the timelines they needed to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing a lot of people underestimate in this business is they just don't show up and basically say, it's what you have today. They're saying, what can you do and what can you guarantee delivery on? Because every site, especially when it comes to mega sites, are very complex and complicated. Now, on the mega site front, there, there are two things to keep in mind. One, uh, sometimes there's a reason why 3,000 acres is available out in the middle of nowhere, right? So you need to understand uh, the market viability and the two-dimensional, three-dimensional aspects of those sites. But we just wrapped up a mega site study for a client, and when you look at the cost of developing a mega site from a, a state capital perspective and a local capital perspective, they're ranging anywhere from 400 million to a billion dollars to get a site ready to go. And so when the state's making an investment like that, or the locals or region is making an investment like that, you need to understand that, okay, if somebody needs 500 acres, but they want 2,000, you gotta, you gotta basically say, okay, hey, I'm gonna make this several hundred million dollar investment. You know, I'll be more than glad to let you have the additional property if you're going to invest additionally. If you're not gonna invest additionally, we need to have a conversation about it because I'm putting uh, taxpayers' money into the site development, not just for you to hold it and land bank it 
and not expand in the future and use it as speculative development. Right. So that's one of the things that we have to keep in mind. And then when I, when I talk about what we do for a living as engineers, um, markets are constantly changing, but infrastructure and site development basics remain the same. As I say, uh, we're using the same principles today that the uh, Romans used to build the aqueducts huh. and the Egyptians used to build the pyramids. It's just their delivery methods are slightly, uh, slightly <laughs> different uh, than how they did it. But if we do our jobs right, we're doing everything as fundamental building block for the future, um, both for our clients, for our state clients, and for the um, actual prospects themselves. And you look at it in terms of building blocks is how you build out. And if we do strong foundational building blocks from day one, uh, they will hopefully last thousands of years like those uh, Roman aqueducts and Egyptian pyramids have lasted. Wow. We're talking with Joe Hines with Timmons. Joe, what does the next 24 or 36 months look like from your perspective? Um, the prospect activity has been the highest I've ever seen it in my 30 plus year career in this business. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, there's no state that's too far ahead or no state who's too far behind. Um, I think the next 24 to 30 months is going to be identifying where those next sites of highest probability are going to be located and then how much it's going to take to uh, get that product ready to go. I mean, several states are going in several hundred million dollars in their site readiness programs and they're tagging 700, several hundred million, not 700 million, several hundred million towards mega sites and then hundreds of millions towards just regular sites. And the one thing I think about the uh, mega sites is uh, there's an ecosystem of suppliers that go with mega sites. Okay. So as part of what we just wrapped up, um, when you looked at where all the mega site announcements had taken place, when you look at where um, future mega sites could be, and you do a two hour radius around those, the, the fabric of the supply network that needs to be filled in, and mostly usually along interstates or US highways, uh, to supply those major um, employers is pretty significant opportunity for, for everybody involved. Just because you don't have a mega site doesn't mean you're going to lose out. You get a chance to have a lot of uh, bunt singles and doubles and wins. And you know, your average supplier probably has a building that's going to range from a, you know, 100 to, to 200, possibly up to 300,000 square feet. Okay. And a, a 15 to 25 or 30 acre site should be able to accommodate, accommodate that. Now we do work with a lot of clients who are looking to develop future industrial parks and the timelines are so long from the time you identify a site, go through a property negotiation, and, and then until you actually um, you know, get it rezoned and go through these five step process um, of developing the site can be anywhere from five to 15 years. And that's if you're politically motivated, you can get it closer to five years. If you have an election that changes the approach of the locality of the region, it can delay it five years for that matter. But you need to um, have good visionary economic development um, strategy in place because it needs to transcend elections. Every local government seems to go through a political change every two to four years. And just because you're investing taxpayers' money, it needs to have a very sound strategy moving forward that's justifiable to everybody who's coming into office. And once they understand what you spent the money on, uh, they will 100% agree. And it's been an issue that we see both Democrats and Republicans rally around. It's hard to argue against creating wealth, jobs, and opportunity within your communities or within your state. Right, right. We've been speaking with Joe Hines with Timmons. Joe, thank you so much for sharing some insight with us. Thank you for sharing with all of our SCDC listeners and the folks who are here at uh, Meet the Consultants. We appreciate it. Now, let me wind up with three or four really, really important questions. Sure. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Bourbon or scotch? Bourbon. 
What bourbon do you like? Sandy River Distillery. A friend of mine in my hometown uh, just started up his own distillery and uh, Sandy River Distillery. Nice. In okay. Rice, Virginia. And, and say that one more time. Rice, R-I-C-E, Virginia. Sandy River Outdoor Adventures. That sounds great. Uh, you're a fellow traveler. What is your favorite southern airport? Oh, that's a good question. You stumped me. <laughs> um, the one in Tallahassee. Okay. I'm going to flip the question. As a fellow traveler, what is your most dreaded U.S. airport? Orlando, Chicago. Got it. Got it. We have been joined by Joe Hines with Timmons. Joe, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate your insight. Have a great rest of the event, and we'll talk soon. Ray, thank you so much for your service to, uh, to the economic development field, and I really appreciate you doing these interviews, and uh, you've been fantastic to work with. And, uh, Give yourself a pat on the back for your contributions to successful economic development. Well, thank you, Joe. Talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. And we're here with Linda Mosley. Linda is the CEO of 365 Degree Total Marketing. Linda, thank you for joining us here at SCDC Podcast. Thank you for the privilege. Yes. You have been such a wonderful sponsor, supporter, and part of SCDC. And you're here at the Meet the Consultants, at the Meet the Consultants conference. Tell us about what the conference has been like for you. Well, first of all, I think SEDC does such a fabulous job of bringing the key people within the 17 states that it represents together to have the opportunity to network and also to learn because it's vital that we learn from these sites consultants and we know exactly what their expectations are, what their needs are, so that all of us, whether we're a vendor or whether we're an actual EDO, can serve these site selectors and get them the information that they need. Absolutely. Linda, tell us a little bit about 365 Degree Total Marketing and yourself. Okay, I'll start with um, myself. I have a degree in psychology and taught psychology at a college level at Clayton State University in Atlanta, Georgia. And one of my thesis was in marketing. So I um, specifically subliminal marketing. So I slowly but surely got on the other side of psychology and started doing the marketing side. And just love taking that forward into 365 degree total marketing. We are a full service company. We go five degrees beyond full circle and can really handle anything for businesses from branding their communities to developing their print material to developing their digital websites, doing digital marketing, doing drone photography, pretty much anything that our um, EDOs need. And economic development is just a passion for us. We just love going into communities and finding out what their unique attributes are, finding out what they can sell to both site selectors and private businesses and then helping them bring that to life, helping them, you know, sing the song of their dance mm -hmm. and being able to help them be successful. And that's just a privilege. You know, we've gone into areas that have lost 70% of their jobs overnight and helped them rebrand and help them target in on specific audiences. And to me, that's one of the reasons God put me here on earth is to be able to take that and be able to just change their energy and change their success level. Tell me, what's on the drawing board for 365 degree total marketing in the next 12 months? What's happening? 
Oh my goodness. We're working on a lot of websites. I think digital marketing, people are finally understanding how important that is mm -hmm. and how important the search engine optimization, search engine marketing is like you were on the panel with me yesterday, wow. Ray. And we were able to talk about the importance of technology and even utilizing the, the technology that's available now at its full extent because 70% of the site selectors use your website to get the data. And if you're not taking advantage of the technology that's already there, then they're not finding your website. So we're doing a lot of that. People are starting to become aware of how important it is to become uh, one of the first up in search opportunities. You know, there's 98,000 searches on Google every second. And you've got to be competitive. You've got to, and that's what really is on our horizon, right. I think, is stressing that wonderful opportunity to do a lot of digital marketing for the economic development organizations. But we've also got a lot of branding opportunities that we're doing, and that's always fun for me with my marketing psychology. Yep. I love studying the yep. colors and yep. you know it. how the shapes are gonna come across and what market they're going after. So it's just a fun business. Good. Love what I do. Let me ask you, what has been, beyond being a sponsor and exhibitor here, what's been a really interesting takeaway that you've had from the conference over the past couple of days? You know, I always learn so much. And one of the things that I've learned at this organization, um, at this event, is one of the site selectors mentioned that if the community does not have spec buildings built, that you could actually take some of your existing businesses and just brag on them, talk about what size their buildings are, you know, if they have rail or a highway access and all of those elements that are important to a site that's coming in and just show the successes of current oh, businesses. Interesting. And I think when we do websites, we tend to have quotes and fun facts about the success of businesses, but we've not gone into the details that I think I'll go back and encourage some of my clients to do now and actually talk about the building sizes, the acreage, you know, the amount of utilities they utilize in a certain time period and really put the facts on the website so that the um, it's not just a warm, fuzzy quote that these site selectors are seeing about the communities, but they're actually seeing now that business has a similar um, workforce that we need, it has a similar size building, it has similar rail access or inland ports or whatever the case may be, and they can see the successes of other businesses in a very detailed informational way. Right. So that was one fact that I got that I feel like is extremely important. Good. To Good. implement. We are talking with Linda Mosley. She's the CEO at 365 Degree Total Marketing. Linda, thank you for spending some time with thank us today. You. I have a handful of Really important questions for you. <laughs> uh -oh. Linda, cats or dogs? Definitely dogs. Okay. I have a Springer Spaniel that's my child. How old is your Springer Spaniel? She's four. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Okay, next question. Bourbon or scotch? Neither. Both of those are too heavy for me. <laughs> my husband's a scotch drinker, though. <laughs> got it. Got it. I, your husband and I will get along there you just go. fine. <laughs> Next question, as a fellow traveler, what is your favorite southern airport? Hmm. I would have to say the Cobb International Airport here in Atlanta. Really? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting take. It's easy in and out. Yep. And you don't have to fight all of the traffic that you get into at 
Hartsville Jackson. The big boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's flip it for one final question. What is your most dreaded U.S. airport? Probably the security lines at Hartsville Jackson. Yeah. It's an easy airport. They've designed it well, but usually the security lines are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. Once you're in, you're in, mm -hmm. and it's great. It's wonderful. The gate to get in. Exactly. Exactly. We have had a great conversation with Linda Mosley. Linda, thank you so much for being such an important sponsor here at SEDC. We appreciate it. It's good to see you. Look forward to seeing you again. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. Have a good day. You too. And we're joined by Jim Beyer. Jim is with Beyer Associates, a strategic development consulting firm. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ray. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you this today. Folks, I've got to tell you, Jim is a longtime friend. We've known each other uh, in Alabama for quite some time. Jim always impresses me. I'm really happy to spend a few minutes with you and our guests. Well, thank you. I, I feel the same about you, Ray. Ah, that's nice. <laughs> tell me, and tell our listeners, tell us about you and about Buyer Associates. Okay, perfect. Well, Ray, I am a, I, I sometimes jokingly tell people I'm a former. I'm a former mayor of my hometown of Prattville, Alabama, which is a city of about 40,000 right in the center part of Alabama. I was uh, uh, the mayor there for 12 years. I served seven years after that as a cabinet member uh, for Governor Bentley. I ran the Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs, or ADECA. So I have a unique, I feel like I have a unique perspective coming at economic and community development from the local level and from the statewide level. Uh, after I left ADECA, I started my firm, Byard Associates, and I do business development, community development, economic development. I, my elevator pitch that I generally tell folks is that my value add or my superpower is knowing the right people to get to the table to make a project happen, and more importantly, the wrong people or the right people to keep away from the table. Uh when you need to make a project happen. So I, I, have a, I represent a multitude of clients, uh, cities and counties on the public sector side. We'll do some economic development. I represent some private sector clients in helping make sure that the right folks are at the table to make a deal happen. You know, I find your organization's description includes a key phrase that I think is a missing element from a lot of economic development, strategic development, the word strategic. Talk about that. Well, strategic means, in my opinion, that you take a breath. You don't just barge in. You take a few minutes and you intentionally think about who should be at the table, who should be making the call, who should be in the room when a client comes, whether it's their first visit or their second visit. I was in a session just a few minutes ago, and I heard someone say basically the same thing. The mayor of a community and the county commission chairman of a community are not always the best fit to be in the room at the first moment. It's oftentimes hard for that mayor, and I'm speaking as a former mayor, or that elected official to, to, to hear that or to even understand that. But there's a there's a time and a place for them to be in the room, but it's not always at the first visit. So I think strategic is you think about from every angle who should be sitting in that room, who should be introduced, what they should say, and not just not just go 
go into something without a plan. Right. And right. I try to help my clients with that. And sometimes uh, it's just allowing them to step back for a moment and to think, is this the way we really want to portray this? Or how do we want to portray this? That's great advice. That, and it's really important advice for communities as well, big or small. Absolutely. We're speaking with Jim Byard of Byard, of Byard Associates. Jim, you have been a longtime member and supporter of SEDC. Tell me why. Well, SEDC is an important networking opportunity for folks in the economic development field. And I, I use the economic development. That, that's such a broad term, economic and community development. I have been here long enough to know that economic development, to realize and to understand and to see that economic development has evolved um, from pure industrial development to now include terms like retail development, hospitality development, service industry development. It's a broad picture. Um, and the SEDC is a, is a tool that economic development developers uh, I speak specifically for Alabama because that's where the, generally the space I play in, but all, all across the South, it's a tool that economic developers can use to uh, to network, to learn, to commiserate. Sometimes it's time to be, it's, it's good to be with folks who understand exactly what you're commiserating about if you've lost a project or you've had something go wonky, which all projects go wonky at some <laughs> point. Um, and that's what—that's the SEDC's benefit, in my opinion. Now we're here together at the Meet the Consultants uh, conference. Tell me, from your perspective, what's been a really great takeaway for you? Well, a great takeaway today at this conference—a great takeaway last year when we were in San Antonio and a, Antonio—and really a great takeaway anytime we gather—is that. I always leave feeling a little more current. Uh, terms change, ideas change, and it's always good to be current, have that current perspective. And perspective changes almost, as, as we know, in, in any line of work, perspective changes daily. So my takeaway is, is having a current perspective on projects that are happening, on politics that are happening. You know, this conference, uh, the word China has been mentioned a whole bunch. Right. Um, and there are perspectives on how do we engage with China? Do we engage with China? Do we say no to China? That's a whole big, I mean, that's a big subject. But it's interesting to hear folks' perspective, hear others' perspective, and hopefully be able to guide my clients strategically again on if that were to come up. And so I, I think I think just the perspective on the the whole gamut of economic development is what I take away, the, the current perspective. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Jim Byard, Byard Associates. Jim, what's the next 12 or 24 months look like for you? <laughs> well, the last 12 or 24, <clears throat> excuse me, the last 12 or 24 months have been busy, and I feel like that the next, uh, next two years, uh, I think we in this world are going to be busy. I think it's changing. I think with with uh, coming out of the pandemic, and, and we talk about that, but I think coming out of the pandemic, the workforce habits have changed. I think we, in all levels and all manners of work, have to figure that out 
what that looks like, how that looks like. And I think we're all in a, in a big, whether we like it or not, together learning process. And I think we have to, um, I think we have to be open and I think we have to have to extend a little grace. Uh, I Extending think so, grace. Sometimes. I wish you'd repeat that. <laughs> well, I, I'm preaching to myself now, Ray. I think we have to extend grace. I think if everybody would just extend a little grace and be a little open, because we, in all of our worlds, are, are walking around with folks that are, you know, we're all carrying something, and we're all thinking about things, and there are a lot of heavy uh community problems that we're all shouldering together and individually or individualistically together. So I think extending grace, but I think being busy and just, it's such a fascinating time with technology changes, workforce changes, workforce habits changing. It's, um, it is not for the faint of heart. And I think successful people will a, extend that grace and be a little open-minded and not so rigid and we're not going to do this or we're, we, you know, I think that's uh, important. Great point. No, it is very important. We're talking with Jim Byer. Jim, I want to close with really important questions for you, really okay. revealing questions. Okay. Question one, dogs or cats? We have dogs. We have a dog. What kind of dog? We have a rescue, brand new rescue puppy at our house. We've always had dachshunds, but our daughter, who is a junior at Birmingham Southern College in, in Birmingham right now, uh, has just adopted a, uh, a shelter dog, and um, he is living with us right now <laughs> until she gets home in a yep. couple of weeks. <laughs> yep, yep. I hear it. Second question, bourbon or scotch? Oh, I'm a bourbon guy. There you go. What kind of Maker's Mark. I, ah. I like Maker's Mark. Definitive answer. Yep. You're a fellow traveler, so tell me, what is your favorite southern airport? My favorite? So I like Birmingham Shuttlesworth Airport because it's easy to get in and out of, and they have wonderful valet parking. They do, and you're right. Yeah, uh, that, that is a great airport. And they're kind of hometown. I have, I have Montgomery and Birmingham are my hometown airports, but... Uh, I like okay. Birmingham. Let me flip it for you. Final okay. question. What is your most dreaded U.S. airport? Oh, most dreaded U.S. airport. That's an interesting one. Um, Dallas-Fort Worth is just so large. <laughs> and it, I, I don't want to offend anybody, <laughs> you know, but Dallas-Fort Worth's a large spot. And when you get there, it, it's a large spot. It is. It, yeah. it is. It's yeah. bigger than uh, someone just talked about a minute ago. <laughs> bigger my hometown. It's bigger than several <laughs> U.S. cities. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a it, yeah, I don't want to offend any of my no, Dallas friends. No, you're not. It's the truth. It's the truth. We've been talking with Jim Byard, Byard & Associates. Jim, thank you for being a friend. Thank Thanks, you for Ray. being a supporter of the SEDC. Absolutely. Thanks for being here and spending a few minutes with us. Appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Good. Let's talk. Look forward to talking to you.